You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to a Cinco de Mayo episode of the 10,000 Labs Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Retke, with Julian Andrews. Julian, do you have a margarita? I do not. And by the time you're listening to this, it will not be Cinco de Mayo. It'll be Seiso de Mayo, I guess. Oh, Kyle's uh, whipping out what it looks like to be a margarita right now. It is. So. It is a margarita. I am drinking a margarita um, because, just because, um, you know, here Very we are. Nice. Um, well, what I might do after I, I drink this margarita, Julian, um, this is a great segue. Um, they don't teach this in broadcast school, kids. Uh, but I might put together a little basketball lineup on my favorite sports app, DraftKings. Uh, Very nice. Obviously, DraftKings uh, sponsors us and makes this show possible. So thank you to DraftKings for that. Um, use the code TBP, TBPN and get your shot at winning millions of dollars from DraftKings. Uh, go to DraftKings.com for more details. Uh, eligibility restrictions do apply. Again, DraftKings.com for details. Uh, minimum $5 required. Um, so, yeah, thank you to DraftKings. You guys are great. Uh, Julian, um, we have a fun guest on today. He's uh, he used to work for the Phoenix Suns. That's where I got to know him. Um, he now has his own podcast. Actually, on this network, he asked me, um, should I join the network? How do they treat you? Do you make millions? And I said, uh, yes. I said that you should join the network. Uh, they treat us great was my second answer. And then I said, we don't make millions. We make billions. So um, so we're excited to have Greg Esposito on. There he is, Greg. What's up? Look, I'm still waiting for my billion-dollar check. That's the okay, problem you just, here. This is great. Is, I had this intro for you, and then you just popped in. This is Julian. This is this is like a Marvel film. This is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you 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 told me billions. Uh, I'm waiting on the check, but everything else has been true, and I'm I'm very glad to be a part of your show today. I appreciate it. Now, thanks for joining us, man. Um, you are on Twitter at Espo, which is a great Twitter handle. Um, and then you are the host of the Solar Panel, um, a Phoenix Suns podcast, also part of the TBPN. Um, what days do you record? People need to listen to your stuff. Obviously, the Suns are a little more relevant right now than the Wolves are. <laughs> first time we've been relevant in forever so uh yeah we record we go live every saturday morning at 8 a.m arizona time 10 a.m central time and then obviously it's on demand right following that and then usually we'll do a midweek episode depending on what the game schedule either drops tuesday or or wednesday usually a shorter episode a lot of times an interview uh involved there so 
Um, I think the question everybody wants answered on the Wolves side is, um, I know the Suns are in first in the West. Life's great. But when are the Suns just going to trade the Timberwolves' Devin Booker? That's like the, That was the big summer thing. I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. Uh, about the same time you guys decide to trade Carl Anthony Towns here. Like, yeah. that's, what's, uh, that's been the opposite side of that is forever. It's been, oh, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy we've, we've got to get in Phoenix. He's the guy to, that'll keep Devin Booker happy. And uh, there's surprisingly about half the fan base that uh, just despises DeAndre Ayton out here and would uh, would give him up in a hot second to you guys for uh, – for Carl Anthony Town. So if uh, if anybody's interested, we can probably broker that deal uh, at least between the fan bases pretty easily. So. Why is that? Why do people hate Aiden? Um, yeah, my girlfriend has become quite the bandwagon Suns fan this year, and she got an Aiden jersey, and she's a big fan. So I'm I'm curious as a non as a non Phoenix resident, what's the what's the hate? Uh, because his name's not Luca. I think okay. that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, the fan base wasn't a big, uh, big proponent of the previous GM, Ryan McDonough, and they just, uh, you know, some of the fans just like to act as if anything that he did was radioactive, including DeAndre Ayton, which is hilarious to me because they love Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges, which were both guys uh, it said GM drafted, but you know how fan bases are. There's yeah. no reason fan is short for fanatical sometimes it doesn't have to make sense it just uh, has to make sense <laughs> to them and that's that's where it's at it's it's probably a pretty pretty good 50 50 split between uh the those that that support Aiton and and really see the potential and those that like to nitpick every little thing that he does which is been an interesting subplot this season because when they weren't good it's one of those things a fan base can argue about to dull the pain of what's going on on the court. But when you're the best, one of the best teams in the NBA, it's a little weird to still have that argument going on while you're watching uh, this team play as well as they have. Yeah, man, fans are weird. Um, and like we're 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 part of them, but I feel like I'm so jaded because I worked for the team, and like you know this, like. Yeah. You you understand in like you're still a fan, but you you it's it's a business for you. And then I think you take a step back and like you know once you enter the real world again, you kind of understand um, like realistically where the team's at, not so much like in the fan zone. So like I, th I think I tweeted something the other day. We talked about this in our podcast earlier this week about Lonzo or uh, Lamelo Ball and Anthony Edwards and the Vegas odds. And like I thought Timberwolves fans were going to kill me for saying I thought Lamelo Ball should win Rookie of the Year. Um, and it's like, oh my goodness. And, and Carl Anthony Towns, if he's like, how is he not a top 15 player on this list? And, um, it is, it's very wild. Have you, what did you experience with that? Like going from that shift? I think the toughest thing for me is, and you can probably attest to this is when you're, when you see that side of it, you realize these are people you get to know them, uh, in terms of their families and what's going on with them and different, different angles other than they're just a, a piece or a pawn in your entertainment game. Right. Like, so that's been the weirdest, weirdest thing for me because I got to know, you know, like talking about that previous GM, I got to know him. I worked, uh, worked closely with him, some other people. And you, you look at it, I think it just, changes that perspective like i grew up a suns fan i grew up here i've liked the sun since i was five 
And I understand the fanatical passion. I still have that, but I also have the perspective of, like you said, it's a business and of the fact that these are, these are people. And it, it's, it's kind of changed the way I approach it. That doesn't mean I still don't have crazy hot takes every once in a while that probably even defy my own logic and my own explanations in a lot of things. But I think that human factor changed it. It was a lot tougher for me to pound the table and be like, they should fire a guy because I've sat there and talked to that coach, right? You know, a coach right before uh, he got fired or, you know, or assistant coach. And so it changes that perspective. It's not just these, uh, a crazy demand because, oh, it should be easy to win. You understand that inner, those inner workings. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and like looking at the standings and I, I knew Phoenix was in the top two in the West for sure. And then I looked to prep uh, Phoenix is, is first in the West. Uh, we're getting some real rumblings, NBA finals rumblings. I was looking at the odds. Um, obviously we know, we know Chris Paul's there and, and whatever, but like, what the hell is going on in Phoenix? This is great. This is so much fun. Like, we got Julian's girlfriend on board. Let's. <laughs> this is fantastic. Well, once I heard Julian's girlfriend was on board, I, and now I know it's a lock. Oh, we're gonna man. we're gonna take it here in Phoenix. But now look, look, this has been one of the more bizarre rides, and it started in the bubble, right? Uh, they they went eight. No, they they were. Everybody said this team should not be invited to the bubble. Why are they here? And then they became one of the biggest stories in said bubble because they played all winning teams and they went eight. No, and they almost forced their way into a play in game that, you know, they really had no business even being considered in and really had no chance when you were looking at the percentages, it kind of became a joke here when they started winning. It was like, yeah, of course you're going to do this in the middle of a global pandemic and still have no mathematical real shot at pulling this off. And, you know, I think everybody looked at it and went, well, that was fun. Hopefully they'll carry some of that momentum in into the following year. And there was mixed emotions and I'll admit, and the guys on the show on the solar panel make fun of me for this, but I was on the side of the fence of, I don't understand why you're going to pay 40 plus million dollars to Chris Paul. There's better ways you can spend that money. You can go get Fred Van Fleet. You can do this. You can do that. I was wrong. Chris Paul's impact on a franchise. Uh, if, if you didn't believe it in what he did in OKC, you have to believe it right now with what he's doing in Phoenix. Uh, this team, everybody thought maybe six, seven seed, it'll be a success, right? You know, end an 11 year playoff drought. But what they've done is they've learned to take the game seriously on both sides of the ball. Doesn't mean they're flawless. They obviously still struggle at times playing down to their competition. But what they've done is it, there is no questioning the effort. Uh, and the preparedness of this team. You're not going to get a, a team that is an easy win a, a against anybody uh, in the NBA. And they've been relatively healthy, knock on wood. I, I'm, I'm going to get in big trouble if something happens over the next eight games for saying that, but they've been relatively healthy where other teams haven't, and they've been consistent where other teams haven't. There's no load management here. There's not taking nights off. It's they They've come to win. And that came from Chris Paul. I mean, if there's anybody that could argue, you know, could say, look, 
I need nights off. I have, you know, X amount of years in the league and I've proven myself as Chris Paul, he refuses to do it. And that's been the mentality, whether it carries through the playoffs, whether these other teams will flip a switch and, and it changes things. I don't know, but I have not felt this confident about a group in Phoenix in a very, very, very long time. Yeah, it really does feel like it's kind of a cliche, but it does feel like one of those teams that's greater than the sum of its parts. Just if you go, you know, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. From outside of Phoenix, I think we all thought Phoenix would be decent. Like Kyle, I, we'd have to go back and look at what we said preseason, but I don't think no, any of us would have, have expected We don't this. have to. <laughs> or, or we should not not look at what we said preseason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been really fun to watch. It's a cool story. And it's, it's like, this is the kind of story that, you really enjoyed to see in sports I just in general well, i feel like you mentioned like if you look at just all the all everything that happened right where if you look at the bubble and where it started then you have chris paul a player that like because of his contract nobody really wants him um but then he he proved in in okc that you know maybe there's there's something left and, and maybe it can help a team win um and then there's just like the, the, the scenario where Phoenix kind of needed somebody like that, a team that probably wasn't ready to win quite yet. But then you even go back and you go, okay, yeah, you, you talked about drafting Aiton and like, clearly we're going to look back in 20 years from now and say, well, that should have been Luca. But if Luca's on this team, well, Chris Paul's probably not on it. And obviously like five years down the line from now, you're better off than you are right now. But if, I mean, there's, a, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but you look at the West and it's wide open. Um, it, I, I, you know, like, I, like look, we didn't hear a peep from LeBron about the seventh or eighth seed before they're in the seventh or eighth <laughs> seed and how we, he just hates the play in tournament now. Um, I mean, and, and the East, you know, you have, you have Brooklyn and, and Philadelphia and, you know, like between Philly and, and Milwaukee, who knows, like Brooklyn's, you know, clearing ahead the favorite, but like, I mean, if, if Phoenix wins the title, I don't know. It, it just, everything has happened so perfectly where you're almost like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is the year. Oh, I love I love that that's the outsider perspective because here it's uh, it's the opposite. Things tighten up a little bit with uh, with how uh, how well everything's gone. Everybody's just sitting here going, okay, so uh, what happens that uh, derails this? Who hip checks who? Or what bizarre injury that nobody expected happens? Like there is when you go fifty three years as as being the bridesmaid and never being the bride, there's psychosis here in Phoenix. Like it goes beyond the normal the normal fan base uh it's it, it people kind of wonder when that shoe is going to drop but i've started to allow myself to get past that uh, a, a, another group of of sun fans that do a show refer to it as uh, post-traumatic spurs syndrome uh it's sarcastically <laughs> from the seven seconds or less days because it always felt like those teams were destined to do something until greg popovich and his uh uh, his, his band of merry crooks decided to uh, uh, decided to hip check or, or hurt somebody, whatever the case may be. So, but I've started to actually let myself believe this could be the year. You look at it, and and you look at the way the West is kind of laying itself out. Jamal Murray's injury, what's going on with the Lakers, and and you know the Golden State not getting uh, not being able to put it back together this year even even portland taking that step back and you know the suns have beaten the jazz three times they, they you know they've they've played well against the clippers you go okay maybe maybe this could be now the, these last this last week and a half of the season will will say a lot in terms of 
I think they probably need the number one seed to get the path that that makes it real, not really likely, but more likely that they uh, they can can make a run at least to the Western Conference Finals. But you know, every every time I tried to I tried to doubt this team or went well, but they they've, they've proven it this year, so I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to enjoy this ride since it's here finally. Well, I think that uh, Minnesota fans could probably sympathize with the psychosis uh, element <laughs> of that. But I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, what what do you think the sentiment is from the fan base? What would be considered a successful season? You know, you go in and I mean, is this season already a success? What has to happen now? You know, like because you go in without super high expectations, you're still kind of tempering your expectations but there's got to be this thing in the back of your mind that says like, if you don't at least make it a couple rounds into the playoffs, that sucks. Yeah. It's, it's really weird because just making the playoffs was the, was the bar where everybody mm-hmm. felt they needed to hurdle this year. And you'd say, yep, it's a success. They progressed each year under Monty Williams. That's a win. And then you go into the second year, well, hopefully the second year with, with CP three and, and you can build on it. But honestly, I don't know if I'd call it a disappointment, but there is a window. And I think this last, you know, this last 14 months for all of us has taught us that don't take anything for granted. You know, when, when there's opportunity, when there's, when there's chance, try to try to take advantage of that. And that's where my mindset is. I, I feel like this, if the, if the stars are aligning, figure out a way to kick in that door and make it happen because it's been 11 years since the Suns were in the playoffs here. Everybody thought coming off of seven seconds or less, and then that surprise run in 2010 to the to the Western Conference Finals that, oh, that's easy. It just is going to happen. And in a history of rarely missing the playoffs, uh, when you go back prior to this 11 years, I think they had missed the playoffs nine times in franchise history. Uh, so uh, we got complacent here. So I, I – I, I'm trying not to have any expectations, but knowing that I really want to see them take advantage of, of an opportunity here and the pieces feel like, like they, they can. Yeah. I mean, you say the, the, some of the, uh, of the parts is, is more than, than the individuals here. And, and it's true. It really feels like a team that's playing for each other. That's committed. And that's even more rare than the opportunity to be good in, in a league is the chemistry because those are the teams that that defy odds that win titles that maybe they shouldn't have that that do bigger things than they should and and they have that this year and that's that's the thing i don't want to waste because there's no guarantee even if you brought everybody back next year that 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 egos don't change that something doesn't change in the locker room and that chemistry disappears so long long answer short i i hope they do something with it <laughs> I'm going to make, I'm going to get Phoenix fans excited here. Um, I think like, okay, you look at, you look at this team and I think the window is actually a little bit bigger because so you, you look at bridges uh, like he's probably my Julian, you love bridges. Like we, we went into the draft and like he, he was one of our guys. Uh, Booker's a top 20 guy. Aiden is not as bad as everybody thinks. Like I, I think same with what you were like, he's a top 10 center in the league. Right. I mean, everybody shits mm-hmm. on him because, uh, uh, Luca and Trey Young were 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 
taken right after him. But I mean, like he's a good center and we're going to look back in history and say, yeah, like it probably should have been Luca, but he had a really good 15 year career and probably made a few all-star games. Um, you look at Paul, obviously one of the, like, if not the best leader point guard we've, we've seen um, Monty Williams, who is um, obviously he's been through so much in his life and his career where it really seems like he's, he's like honed in and, 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 you know, the, the, with the team clicks, but then, you know, you talk about Paul going to the Suns, where I don't remember seeing this in like recent history where you have a young team like Phoenix, a team that didn't make the playoffs the season before, but you have a an all-star and an all-time great basically say, I want to go play for those guys. Um, I like what they have. And then I think you open up the door to whenever Paul's run is done, assuming you have the same guys and obviously, you know, getting getting signing all these guys after, you know, rookie contracts and whatever is tough. But I think you open up that door where all of a sudden you get veterans that want to win trying to play for your team, which in Minnesota, it's the opposite. You overpay for, for mediocre players that really don't want to be there, but they're, they're just there for the money where, um, I don't know, like, I, like hopefully this year, cause I, that's Phoenix team I'm rooting for th- throughout the West probably. Um, but even if it's not this year, you see a weird way, even if Chris Paul falls off where you can get more talent in there because he went there. Yeah, the the only concern is, and, and and special thanks to Bobby Marks for coming on our show and putting this, planting the seed in our <laughs> mind, but uh, Chris Paul has an opt-out after this year, and there's some rumbling that he's going to opt out. Now, there's some belief that he's going to just restructure uh, and, and stay in Phoenix just for a longer deal. But when you when you see the Knicks having some success and them having cap space and and other scenarios, that little voice just gets in your head. And and we're trying not to think about it here in Phoenix. But I agree with you. You can look and you can see there is a path. Even even if it's post Chris Paul, there's a path for this team to be to be very good moving forward. And this could be the the first in many years that they're. Uh, in the conversation in the Western Conference, uh, it and if Chris Paul does walk, that opens forty-four million or forty-two million dollars, whatever it is, in cap space, which makes you an interesting destination too for for additional big names. So it's not it's not an end game if Chris Paul does uh, does go with the nuclear option. There is a path. I just like I said, having having thought there was a path. After after 2010 as well, I just want to see them capitalize when everything's going going well. I mean, if if you want it being the the one seed in a West when you were supposed to be in that in that play in territory, and and the Lakers who are supposed to be the dominant team are dealing with injuries that sound like may linger into the playoffs. This this is the this is a big chance. This is a big opportunity uh, for them, and and if the bench can continue to play the way that they have this year, there's a there's a good chance you can capitalize on it. That'd be such a Knicks move too. Um, I know. And didn't didn't, uh, didn't Amara Stoudemire go to the Knicks? Uh-huh. But it'd be such a Knicks move to sign like 36 year old Chris Paul to a five year max or something. Like they can't help themselves. Like they're building the team the right way. Um, and yeah. Um, well, yeah. The Knicks. The Knicks Suns finals might end up being the battle for Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, oh God. But let's not get it. Let's not get over our fair, skis fair here. Enough, fair can, enough. Fair enough. 
Um, before we let you go, uh, you're a busy guy. Um, we're not as busy, but um, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, just the, I always love to hear the outside perspective of the Timberwolves because sometimes I think we're, we get too excited about moves. And then I, other times I think we're maybe just a bit jaded and, and negative on them. And I think two weeks ago would have been easy to say like they're the worst team in the league and it's not close. Uh, but they've won a little bit lately, but overall, just like the outside, like the realistic, uh, you're talking about the Timberwolves. How are you talking about it with your buddies? Well, I, I think the potential's there and you see a lot of the, the similar kind of building blocks that you saw here in Phoenix over the last few years. There's, there's a good young core, uh, obviously new ownership brings some new energy at times, which means that, you know, that, that group will likely want to make some kind of a splash, which can be good or bad. It, it really depends on, on what that looks like, but at least, you know, there, there's going to be a willingness to do something. Uh, I think the big question comes down to, to Russell and, uh, and how good is he really? How good can, can he be? I've, I haven't been a huge proponent of D'Angelo because there were so many people pounding the table in Phoenix to get him here because, Oh, he's, Devin Booker's buddy. And I think that may have been the miscalculation that, that, you know, that I think the Suns would be where the wolves are. If the Suns had given in to go get our superstars buddy to try to make him happy. And that's, that's what I, I think is probably the most concerning when looking at the wolves is how big of a potential miscalculation was that, uh, I don't know. I, we're going to have to well, wait and find out because obviously not enough health this year to, to really understand where we'll that find, is. We'll find out in about a month if they get that pick. Um, you know, if they lose a top three pick or, you know, a, a top five pick, I guess if they keep in the yeah. top three, but um, you know, then, then this, you, you have a, such a shit season and you have nothing to fall back on of like, well, this is what we got out of it. It's you no, know, you don't have a single draft pick. And uh, yeah. And like, I, I think we've talked about it a number of times and people are sick about us probably you know having to hear it but like it's not so much even that yet we got carl's buddy that that's a miscalculation because that's not how you build a team but the other miscalculation is that you wanted to they thought they were providing another superstar for a superstar and in no world is d'angelo russell a superstar um and that's where i think is the problem is that you you, you're trying to build this team and if you know if they get Jalen Suggs or whoever in the draft or Cade Cunningham and Anthony Edwards turns into a stud. And then you have cat. It's a whole different tune because you're, you're playing two guys on rookie contracts. And then by the time Russell's contracts out the door, you're fine. Um, but yeah, that's, I I'm glad you said that because uh, I, you know, I think we feel the same exact way here in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, we feel for you here in Phoenix, because we know what it's like to uh, live and die by that lottery. That is not a fun <laughs> when. When the biggest day on your calendar, and I know it'll be different this year, but it was in, in the middle of May and, and or, you know, uh, it's tough. I mean, I, <laughs> I attended two of the draft lotteries working for the team, you know, and you're just sitting there hoping uh, you you hit pay dirt so you can change the, the luck of the franchise. And uh, my two were Josh Jackson's, who they picked, and then uh, Alex Len. Those were so I wasn't mm. I was any any kind of good luck charm. Uh, they weren't bringing <laughs> you back the next year as the guy no. on stage. No, no, I was not the uh, I I was the guy behind the guy on stage taking the photos, <laughs> and they didn't even want me back for that. And that's how little <laughs> luck I brought along. But I I feel the pain of what Minnesota fans have to go through. But 
I'll tell you this much. Uh, when you get to the other side, when you get to enjoy a season like this, it's a hundred times better than, you know, it was when the Suns were making the playoffs on a regular basis. And you're just like, can we get to the regular, get to the postseason, get this over with, and let's see what happens to the play. Like, I've truly appreciated every moment, every win, uh, every highlight. And I know I'll probably be more sick to my stomach during the playoffs than, uh, than normal just because of, uh, of how crazy a ride it is and how after 11 years of going through losing, uh, a season like this is that much more fun. And I hope, I hope you guys get enjoy something like that in the near future, not at the expense of the Suns. Uh, you can knock <laughs> anybody else out, uh, but uh, I hope uh, I hope you guys get to experience it soon uh, because it reminds you, okay, this is why we do it. You know, we're fans, you know, they, the old, oh, we root for laundry, basically. But then you have a season like this and you go, yeah, it's about human connection. It's about you know enjoying time with other fans and talking about something and uh, – and just experiencing something as a community. So I, I, I'm awesome. pulling pulling for Minnesota, that's for sure. Uh, well, we are pulling for you because um, we want to have you on the pod again uh, come playoff time. But uh, Espo, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, we appreciate it, man. And everybody listening, uh, the solar panel, if you want to know what's going on with the Suns, uh, subscribe, obviously. Um, big thanks to DraftKings for making us all rich. We appreciate it. Um, we'll talk to you all next time. Uh, have a great weekend. <laughs>